Welcome to Vineyard Hopkinton. As we follow Jesus together, we experience the Holy Spirit, create a multicultural community, and pursue kingdom of God justice. Well, good evening. Merry Christmas. Um, I just, I love, I love the old shepherd dude coming and being like, may I, can I, could I even touch? And uh, Mary just saying, what is the good news of Christmas is that he is for all humankind. One of the uh, authors I like tells a story of uh, friends of his living in Vancouver who started a uh, 24-hour prayer prayer room, praying 24/7 um, for their community um, in Vancouver in a really like poorer, underserved area of the city, like working with the homeless and, and everything. And when their little boy, when they had their first child, um, their little boy, when they baptized him, they didn't have it like tucked away in a church corner. They said, no, we want to be out with, you know, our friends, the people we're doing life with. So they had his baptism in a park. And I just want to read to you what their son's uh, baptism was like. When he was born, they had the uh, service in Crab Park beside Vancouver Harbor. They invited their respectable family members, and they mingled with recovering addicts, prostituted women, the lonely elderly, those who were mentally vulnerable, and homeless men with dirt under their nails. The proud parents passed around their newborn baby around this eclectic circle, asking each person to hold him and to give him their personal blessing. Some of them, especially the men, held back, feeling too dirty, perhaps too drunk to touch the baby, too unreliable to be entrusted with holding him, too sinful to speak anything good over his pure, brand-new life. They tried to exclude themselves from praying, but the new parents were adamant, insisting that everyone should touch their little boy and give him their own unique benediction. Some of the men wept as they held our baby and prayed their mumbling, stumbling prayers over him, recalls the father. In fact, some years later, some of them still talk about that moment with tears in their eyes. You know, I know how to handle children, how to handle babies. When I was interviewing for nanny positions in graduate school, I would always wash my hands before I met and held the child. But God just thrusts his one and only son into the hands of the lowliest of laborers and just says, here, take my baby. One of the... uh, particularly gripping stories for me um, coming from the Second World War is that of the uh, kinder transport. So the kinder transport was a um, train that took Jewish children out of Germany, some also from Prague and and Poland to England, which had agreed to temporarily house uh, these asylum children until they assumed that they could safely return home. Um, So they organized a movement taking children out of Nazi-controlled Germany um, for about nine months in 1938 to 1939. The situation was, of course, worse uh, than people had assumed under the horrors of Nazi Germany, the children were not able to return home. Many were orphaned during their time there. And there are many stories from that movement of parents, desperate parents, trying to save their children 
by sending them away on this risky journey. Stories of, of mothers running along the train to, to pass their toddler off to strangers. Stories of mothers slipping onto the train at the last moment to hand their baby to an eight or nine-year-old. I think in heaven, God will have a special place of honor for those parents. I think God understands those desperate parents. Because at Christmas, God shoved his naked self, his vulnerable naked self as a child into the arms of a young woman. Not for his salvation, but for ours. So this evening we're going to walk through some of the implications of this found in Scripture. We're going to turn to the Word of God. But first, let's pray. Let's open our hearts, humble ourselves before we turn to Scripture. Jesus, we thank you for what we've just sung and heard. That you love, love, love us. In spite of ordinary circumstances, in spite of everything that's going on in spite of stress of the holiday family arguments you love 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 us and jesus right now in this time in this space would you come and be with us would you speak to us would you touch our hearts would you meet us here if you are willing to to meet with humanity in a darkened uh stable you are willing to meet with humanity right here and right now we give you this time we give you our attention and all of the things of the holidays that clamor for our attention would we value you higher than all else So Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your actions. Thank you for who you are. And in this time, in this space, we turn our attention to you in faith for you to do something tremendous in our hearts and in our lives this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be in the Gospel of John tonight. John was a follower of Jesus uh, who spent years with Jesus. And after Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension, I uh, said, wow, people are still talking about Jesus. Maybe I should write down all my experiences with him. So he gives this prologue to the life of Christ. In the beginning... The Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Word is life, that creative power that hovered over the waters and said, let there be. Word is the love, the life of God, the force of God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Hallelujah. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. Sometimes I don't recognize him. We need our hearts, the eyes of our hearts to be opened. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from 
human passion or a parent's plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He is full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Love is not something God does for you because he's nice. Love is who he is, full, 100%. The word became human and made his home among us. God became a person and moved into our neighborhood. He unpacked his U-hole and started showing up around the neighborhood. God became flesh and bones and rolled in, in your school, marched into the cafeteria, sat down and said, came over to your table and said, hey, can I have a seat? The word became human and made his home among us. You know, Jesus' birth story is a little unusual, but so is his life story. The same way Jesus was born... So he lived. He chose an unwed teenage mother. The church has not always chosen uh, teenage uh, parents for special purposes, but God does. God chose Mary, and he continued to see and choose women. In the Hebrew scriptures, the poor woman, Hagar, when she is like discarded like trash, says, bewildered to God. She says, you are God, El Roy, you are God who sees me. And 2,000 years later, Jesus shows up and does that exact thing. He sees the woman caught in bed with a married man, and he says, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. He sees Mary and Martha, wealthy sisters. He says, you, stay close to me. Sit with me. Stay with me. I will take you on an adventure for the millennia. He chose these women. He, he chose to be revealed to shepherds. Being a shepherd was an occupation that required you to essentially live like you were homeless and to sleep with sheep. And he kept re- continuing to, to show basic level dudes extraordinary things to ordinary fishermen. He gave them Moses and Elijah talking with him in the courts of heaven. To a street crowd in Jerusalem, he showed them raising a a widow's only son from the dead. He chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong, the humble things of the world to shine his glory. It's how he chose to come to earth And frankly, it's how he'll choose to reveal himself to you in 2022. In the ordinary, in the real, as you are, as he is. You know, in college was when God met me in the ordinariness, going to a college Bible study, of showing up, of checking it out in the pretty mundane and ordinary that I said, huh, there might be something to this. I think I'll try it out. I'll see where the Jesus path takes me. And it has been good. It has changed me, changed my life. God meets us in pretty typical circumstances. 
You know, you don't have to be religious to celebrate Christmas. Uh, when I munch on the large amounts of Christmas cookies I've gotten, I do not feel particularly religious. We got some very yummy, sugary creations this year, which I have really enjoyed. But I don't feel particularly spiritual. Most people agree that Christmas is for everyone. And they're right. Christmas is for everyone because Jesus had the exact same flesh and blood that every atheist, Muslim, or monk has. He was born just like I was. He grew up just like you did. If your mother gave birth to you, if you have a body tonight, Jesus' coming is for you. And when God, when he funneled himself into cells and DNA, when he compressed himself into lungs and muscles, what God was saying is that humanity is a good idea, a God idea. If you have a body, if if you were ever a baby, God says to you, hey, me too. I like kids. I was a kid. I like teenagers. I was a teenager. I had acne. I went through a midlife career change, though midlife back then happened a little earlier on in the schedule. God says to people, me too. God is fully invested in and values humanity. And in the face of humanity's struggles and suffering, God did not send money or start a campaign. He came uh, as, as a refugee in an occupied land. He was an oppressed minority under a powerful system. God's response was personal, not professional. When a uh, theology professor um, Fred Sanders says, you know, there are probably other ways God could have worked salvation. We can kind of imagine he's God. He could have chosen other ways to forgive everyone or fix everything. By coming in Jesus, he chose the path of closest contact. He chose the path of closest contact. A year ago today, Christmas Eve 2021, I was sitting right about over here enjoying my Christmas Eve service. Uh, the next day, uh, my family and I were going to head out to Connecticut, which is where I'm from. Uh, my parents, my brother was there. I have a twin sister, and she was not able to make it. Uh, flights for her family of six were quite expensive, and it was a COVID year. And how many of us were without folks we would have loved to see some of these holidays um, but it was, it was a ni- nice nice Christmas Eve service I was looking forward to being in Connecticut the next day and in between our services I receive a text message from my sister and she says you know at lunch we decided we really want to be there for Christmas so we packed up the van we're driving out 17 hours ETA 9 a.m. Christmas morning from Chicago. I was like, whoa, I'm not sure. Like, I would have done the reverse in your situation. And on Christmas morning, I gave her a big hug, said, oh my goodness, it's amazing to see you. It's amazing that you came. 
It's even more amazing how you came. And on Christmas, God comes to us, which is amazing. He doesn't have to come. He's God. He can pretty much do whatever he wants to do. He doesn't have to come. What's even more amazing, though, is how he comes. He comes not in power, but in poverty. He comes not to control us, but to be close to us. He seems comfortable in barns with with beggars, comfortable really wherever he is welcomed, comfortable wherever he is received. One of the defining stories of the Christian faith is the story that Jesus told made it up. Sometimes you've got to use your imagination to come close to anything resembling God. Told the story of a, a man with two sons. And one of these sons, he was kind of a no-good mess-up. And he took half of his father's money and hightailed it off to a foreign land. And when he had suffered the dire consequences of his choices, when he was feeling the weight of his mistakes, he said, maybe I'll head back and just see if I can get a roof over my head with Dad. So he heads back. And as he's still a long way off, his father sees him coming. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness, he's coming home from Christmas. Hallelujah. He just, he runs out and gives him a big hug and a kiss and a hug before the son had even gotten a word of apology out of his mouth, hugging him. And then the son apologized and then the father threw a huge welcome back party. I just kind of imagine that son. Maybe later that evening, I and mean, he's got a lot going on, tossed around by so much, the, the weight and the shame of he's been banged up by his own sin and mistakes. Uh, uh, his the confusion of this acceptance that's really mind-blowing, readjusting to his old house, his old home. And I imagine him like unpacking his dirty knapsack in his old bedroom and thinking, wow, that went so much better than I was expecting. I'm still in shock. I guess I'll just take it one day at a time. I should probably get a job to pay back some of that money I stole. I just, I'm, I'm just going to figure it out. All I know is when, when I took that first step down the driveway, all that mattered was my father's love. And friends, it's true. All that matters is our Father's love. All that matters is our Father's love. He's willing to go the distance. He chooses you regardless of what you carry with you or don't. Will we turn our hearts towards our spiritual home? Will we open ourselves to accept and receive his transforming love? At Christmas, God gives himself to humanity. And this Christmas, God gives himself to you and to me. Will we accept it? God's love is for everybody. Jesus goes wherever he is received. Now, some of us have never really 
accepted his gift, never really unwrapped it and tried it out. Some of us have said, I'm kind of not sure your gift is real. Or, "Mm, no thanks, I'm good. I don't need anything from you. There's an invitation from God to accept and receive his transforming love. Do not disrespect God by ignoring or scorning his gifts. Tonight, let's say yes to God with us. Yes to God in the dirtiness of a manger and the messiness of our homes. Yes to God with us in the streets of Jerusalem and in the chaos of our post-COVID society. Yes to God with us in the uncertainty of a refugee journey and the shakiness of our own careers. God is with us. And we want to open our hearts to the full promise and potential of that tonight. Jesus goes wherever he is accepted, and he transforms wherever he is welcomed. Let's stand together. And friends, I know there's a lot happening at Christmas. There's been a lot happening for me this Christmas. We've had sicknesses. We've had presents. We've had cooking and cleaning and last-minute shopping. But whenever we come before the presence of God, we want to stand and say, Ahaba Father, thank you. I receive. Because that's all that God wants us to do is receive his love. And this Christmas, it would be such a shame to let it go by without saying yes to what Jesus came to do. Not to give us a story, but to show us who he is and what he can do in our hearts when we say yes to him. He goes wherever he is received and he transforms wherever he is welcomed. If you're comfortable tonight, friends, just put out your hands in a posture to receive something, to get a gift, and let's pray. Jesus, tonight we say yes to you. Yes to you coming in the stillness and the smallness and transforming us. Yes to the whisper of your Holy Spirit. Yes to your closeness. Yes to your forgiveness, your acceptance, and your transformation of us. Friends, in your own words, just say yes. Open your hearts, open your minds to to who God is. Welcome him in. Jesus, we want to accept your gift to to us tonight, to not just skim past it or slide past it and everything else. And your gift to us is your presence with us. You're called Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us right here and right now, almost unbelievably, right here and right now. 
So Jesus, would you come touch our hearts? Give us a greater love for you, a greater love for each other. Would you open our hearts to who you are, to what you can do? And would you open our hearts to your love this evening and what you can do this evening? In our relationships with others, you hold out new chances, second chances in every single interaction, every moment of every day. You are so close to us. And there's no part of our life that you don't want to enter and transform. So we say yes to you entering and transforming this Christmas Eve. Thank you for who you are, Jesus. We bow before you in honor and worship tonight as we stand and sing together.